Welcome to Technovation. I'm your host, Peter High. My guest today is Gilly Renan. Gilly's an entrepreneur and venture capitalist based in Israel. He founded his first company, Sanctum, in 1997, and through that was involved in the invention of CAPTCHA, the challenge response test used to determine whether uh, a user is human in order to deter bot attacks and spam around that same time. He invented the first web application firewall, AppShield. He also invented the first application penetration testing software, AppScan. In 2009, Gilly pivoted from entrepreneur to advisor to an investor in entrepreneurs as he became a general partner at Sequoia Capital. In 2018, Gilly founded CyberStarts, an early stage venture capital firm focused on cybersecurity startups. Uh, Israel has become a hotspot for cyber innovation, and Gilly has been described to me as the godfather of cyber startups in that country. I look forward to learning more about his journey through this conversation. Gilly Renan, welcome to Technovation. It's great to speak with you. Pleasure is mine, and uh, very very happy to to chat today. Thank you. I appreciate that. Well, I'd love to uh, start with the beginning of the bio I just read and the founding of Sanctum. Uh, I'm curious where where your entrepreneurial roots and interest come from. Uh, why at such a young age were you driven to uh, to start a company and and have the chutzpah to to do something on your own? Back in uh, uh, 97, 1997, uh, I just completed. Uh, uh, 10 years of service uh, with the Israeli government and I worked on some still classified, uh, you know, compute and, and cybersecurity projects and uh, building an, um, a cybersecurity technology company was, uh, if, you, if you can imagine, the most straightforward uh, decision uh, at 27 years old uh, a uh, young uh, guy could could make so it, it was a natural uh, next step uh, following my my um, military service and, and work with the government and and in 1997 the you know the VC and the startup landscape uh, in Israel was uh, significantly less developed than uh, it is today and my my partner and I um, I joined the forces with Iran um, Reshef, who um, you know served with me at the same at the same agency. So we, we knew each other very well, uh, and we were very lucky to get two million dollars in funding. And uh, you know we had some ideas, but really we didn't have a clue what we are going to do. So we we started a process that today I know is a, is a product market fit process. And I teach uh, many entrepreneurs uh, the, the concept of uh, a sunrise, which is, uh, you know, the cyber starts um, branded the product market fit uh, exercise. And in, back in 97, we had the pleasure of looking at the uh, very immature, uh, you could say even primitive, um, cybersecurity landscape. Uh, the, you know, to summarize it, uh, you had antivirus products, uh, and, and you know, checkpoint was, uh, I believe, uh, a, a still small, already public but still small network firewall company out of Tel Aviv. So that was it. So we spent a few months looking at several ideas, and you know, if you look now at 
at the technologies, the three technologies that we invented at the early days in sang at Sanctum, uh, you know, one was the capture. Uh, the second one was uh, a hypervisor uh, predating uh, VMware. Uh, I believe that we were the first uh, team ever that managed to run the Windows operating system in ring one or uh, ring two and not in ring zero, if it uh, means something to anyone today. And the third uh, concept that we invented was the application level firewall. Um, and when we look at the business, we really didn't know how to monetize capture. Uh, we thought that building a company around Hyperwise would take years of uh, market education. So we picked uh, the application firewall as our uh, route for, for success. And we went ahead and built an application level firewall that, you know, in, in many respects was the next step of uh, the network firewall. It simply looked at the at port 80 and port uh, 443 HTTP um, protocol and uh, attempted to block uh, bad things. Uh, uh, at, at that level, um, so that that's how we got into into the whole field of application security, and that's how Captcha was invented and implemented in the first day. That's remarkable. I appreciate you sharing that. I wonder if you can. I'd love to hear a little bit more about the concept of Sunrise, as you put it, uh, and your own product market fit. As you you said, in some ways, it was the natural extension. About of the uh, network firewall, uh, and yet, of course, like it wasn't so natural that everyone was doing that. So, talk about that several months seeking process that uh, gave you the enthusiasm to be able to to push forward with this idea. That's a terrific uh, example because I think that we did so many things uh, wrong at at Sanctum. Uh, and, and the upshield and upscan uh, story is, I think, is very telling why you need to really focus on product market fit early. So we, you know, it's, it's a terrific example, and I think it, it I've seen it so many times uh, with so many um, ventures, even, you know, recently. So uh, I think it's a, it's a lesson I'm happy to share with um every every founder so we we had a tech idea we thought that application firewall would make sense and we convinced ourselves that since network firewall is so successful product why not an application level firewall and and we build a product and it took us a year to really build it and we we um even managed to find uh, a couple of early uh, clients. And then we realized it's almost impossible to sell it. And, um, you know, we, we, we were shocked to find out that, you know, the, you know, the state of the art, amazing technology that analyzes uh, traffic on the go and, you know, spot uh, hacking attempts and block them. And, you know, from our uh, perspective, 
creates tons of value for for customers. Nobody wanted really to buy it. Um, and you know, the more uh, we we um, um, researched and spoke with customers, you know, what what's the holdup? Why don't you move forward with with the product? It's such an amazing product. Um, we found out uh, that we are getting two very simple answers. One, the product is uh, all nearly impossible to deploy. It's you know it's a reverse proxy. It's super hard to plug it uh, into into the wire. It's it's just a nightmare uh, to deal with and. We didn't think it's that hard, you know, and, and you know, it, it always reminds me my physician when I ask him if if my if a certain treatment is painful, my physician always tells tells me the same, gives me the same answer. It's not painful to me. So <laughs> I, it's it's a lesson I learned very early that a product is never hard to deploy for their for its developers. It's hard to deploy for its users, um, and they are the judge judges of whether a, a product is easy to use or not. Because you know every entrepreneur would tell you that their product is super easy to use, and the the second answer they gave us was for not buying AppShield, for not buying an application firewall, was even more um, surprising to us. They told us, nobody hacked us. You know, I have my, my website running for a year, for two years. Nothing bad happened to me so far. So why would I spend money on a pain point that might not be real? You know, are there any bad people around? Are there any hackers around that are going to attack me? I'm not sure. So we found ourselves with a, with a terrific product that has no demand, that doesn't deal with any real pain point, um, and with the very few prospects that agree to test it, is super hard to to deploy. Um, but one terrific things came out of it in the process or in the during the efforts to convince those prospects to buy AppSheet, we started to audit, test their the security of their web applications. It, it had two two interesting outcomes in my my mind. Uh, one, I, I got to to meet uh, Elon Musk, and that's a story I'll tell you in a second. And the other, uh, we, invent, we invented application uh, scanning uh, process and we productized it. And it wasn't a very impressive product like, like the application firewall. In, in my view as a techie, it was more of a you know, gizmo. It was a toy app scan relative to app shield. But you know what? That little toy sold a lot of licenses. We built a real business. Uh, on 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 AppScan, and 
Later on, you know, when we sold the company to, to IBM and later, that little product of AppScan sold over the years more than a billion dollars of licenses. Uh, so the whole, the whole AppShield AppScan experience taught me a very important lesson that, you know, it's, it, it's very, very difficult, often the wrong order to start with technology. You should start with exploring the pain point and always ask uh, customers, you know, what's the real perceived pain and how do I solve it in a way that mere mortals can use? Those are the two mistakes, the two fundamental mistakes we have done with AppShield at the early days at, uh, at Sanctum. Um, by the way, when I, going back to, to Elon Musk, when, you know, one of our first uh, prospects was uh, um, a, a, an online bank called X.com, which was the, you know, an early version of PayPal. And, you know, it was supposed to be our biggest deal ever, you know, I think, you know, it was a, roughly a half a billion dollars deal. And for us, it was yeah, our most important deal. And we audited the website and, and we got from x.com uh, a user and password, got the credential uh, to the bank. And through those credentials, we managed to really, you know, disassemble their entire security layer and, and you know, to the point we had, uh, we managed to, to move a million dollars to our account, a uh, million dollars that were not us, ours. Um, and, and I was so proud um, of that achievement. I sent uh, a very proud, I would say, uh, very Israeli type of email saying, you know, to, to my Sequoia Capital board member, um, at that time it was uh, uh, Pierre Lamont, uh, you know, telling him, hey, we are so smart, see, you know, what did we do to x.com? We really um, managed to take down their entire uh, security stack. Um, and within a couple of hours, I got an email back from, from Elon Musk telling, telling me something like, you idiot, how dare you, you know, share, uh, you know, my product weaknesses with my board member, because we had a shared board member. And that was the end of our biggest uh, deal ever. You know, we never got a deal, I can tell you that. So, um, I learned another lesson, you know, first close the deal and then go and, 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 you know, tell your friends and definitely your board about it. But, you know, all, all those lessons um, really um, helped me to, to form a, a, a very um, comprehensive view on the way you should build uh, uh, products and, you know, when I started CyberStarts in 2018, I started with two, with two principles. One is that I would, I'm not investing, I'm not investing in products or ideas. Um, 
I'm investing in, in people and I, I believe that things in life, including, including uh, products, uh, are overrated, but people are underrated. And I like to, you know, partner with the best uh, talent that I can source. And if they happen to have a terrific idea, that's a nice bonus. If they have a mediocre idea, no worries. I'll work with them and help them improve it. And, you know, if they don't have an idea at all, that's even better. I'll help them find an idea and, and build it. And the other uh, uh, principle is that we always start with a sunrise process. And a sunrise process, you know, a real structured um, journey that, uh, you know, takes anywhere between nine to 18 months. And it always starts with exploring potential pain points and picking the most critical uh, pain point that would enable us to build uh, an important cybersecurity company. And we spent several months uh, to understand the pain point, And then we spent several months to really figure out uh, what's the right solution for that pain point. As I said, a solution that mere mortals can use because I don't want to build another app shield. I want to build app scans. I want to build products that people really like, even if the technology by itself is not uh, uh, as um, shiny as uh, you know the other products that actually nobody likes to buy what a fascinating story gilly and and i really like this idea of the product is never hard to deploy for developers it's but it can be hard for users and <clears throat> it sounds like uh naturally a lot of technologists don't have the empathy necessary or or can't recreate the distance um, to be able to understand what users will go through. Um, and speaking of empathy, I also find it fascinating that your own journey was one towards learning that lesson. Uh, in fact, I kind of wonder at the early stages whether you would have been an investor in your own company if today's Gilly would have invested way back when, perhaps uh, you know, knowing what you know about your makeup since you invest in people, you would be advising that young man uh, uh, to... to uh, uh, to change a perspective uh, in order to more quickly draw the lessons you've described, but it's the pain of that early process, the uh, you know the attempts and fumbles in the early stages that led to these hard-won lessons that ultimately proved enormously successful. And now you're in the process, if I'm understanding you correctly, of ensuring that those uh, entrepreneurs that you're investing in don't need to take as long as you did um, to learn that lesson, that there's a faster path to take talent and grit and good ideas, but make sure that you're connecting the the, the dots between that and an actual uh, problem that needs to be solved for those who would be buying it. Is, is that a fair kind of synopsis? I'm... I'm uh... Uh, absolutely. Um, I, I think that the result of a deep product market fit process, if you do it correctly, 
would not just give you, you know, uh, a better product. It would accelerate everything about your venture. You know, you'll get faster to product market fit. You'll get to a product that's, that users are delighted to, uh, to install and use, which means that you'll get to more deals faster. You'll be able to close bigger deals. Uh, you'll be able to raise more money sooner and you'll raise more money, you'll be able to scale up your, your venture um, significantly earlier and faster than, than anyone else in the market. So that, you know, investment in, in terrific product market fit work would, would pay off uh, in, in so many ways and in so many dimensions uh, in, in, your, in your venture. Uh, and would would be uh, your your real uh, competitive uh, advantage for for uh, many years to come. Yeah, very interesting. It's also fascinating, as you point out. You, um, it, it's important, I think, to reflect on the timing of your start at a point where uh, cybersecurity was not the topic it is today. Uh, as you point out, a lot of the companies that you would approach um, didn't feel the the pain, uh, didn't understand what was to come. Uh, and, you know, d viewing uh, through today's lens where every, each of us personally, as well as professionally, have reason to have grave concerns about the actions of bad actors and the necessity to have better hygiene practices, processes, and of course, technology to ensure that we're safeguarding that which is sacred for us personally, as well as professionally, um, you know, very different time uh, when you were starting starting this out and therefore making the case as to why people should care. I can only imagine was itself a really arduous process different from today. You didn't have the quote unquote advantage of major hacks, major issues for very well-funded and, and well-run even companies so that it's not just like, you know the dullards and uh, the irresponsible who are having the the, the pain, but but uh, on the contrary, some of the the best companies on earth uh, who are are doing so, which you know na naturally now the case doesn't is not nearly as arduous to make as to why these sorts of solutions are necessary. So I can only imagine in those early days just the education process. Forget your product for a moment, but just even kind of describing what's coming or or why this is something you should care about must have been so much more difficult. Is that right? I really think that creating um, a new cybersecurity business and especially uh, starting an important cybersecurity business um, is a really hard journey today. And it was a hard, you know, five years ago and 10 years ago and, and 20 years ago. I think the proof point is is really uh, you know look at the number of successful large cybersecurity companies that are created every year. You know we we are looking at you know uh, a group of one maybe two companies every year because because it's simply hard. The threat vector was not as developed in ninety seven ninety eight as it's as the threat vector is developed today 
So that made, made it a little bit more difficult for us. On the other hand, there weren't many cybersecurity vendors, so the level of noise in the market today is significantly higher and it's, uh, than it was, uh, you know, 20, 20 years ago. And it's, it's more difficult today to find uh, a really blue ocean. You know, you can't imagine today that you could start a company in application security and you are the first vendor in application security. It's a dream for uh, entrepreneur and it won't happen today. You know, we are looking at very specialized uh, teams that's, uh, that are attacking um, relatively well-defined uh, categories. So in that respect, the game today is, is more sophisticated and, 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 you know, more difficult. That's a fair point, a great point that you raised that uh, uh, one needs to be that much more uh, refined in terms of where they focus because there are the the there are so many lanes that are already taken uh, and so many companies that have at least for the time being uh, kind of won their slot that it will be difficult to to over overtake. I want to talk briefly about your pivot from entrepreneur to investor. Uh, what what inspired you to uh, uh, to to move from starting companies to helping others do do that? Age and and desire to uh, to really change uh, a little bit my my lifestyle. You know, running companies for ten years was fun, but it was also super uh, hard and had uh, you know you know significant toll on everything in my life and uh, I thought it's uh, it's time for me to you know I love uh, the entrepreneurial journey and I thought that switching uh, moving to to the dark side would would let me uh, still uh, be highly involved but not as committed to a single venture as I've been as as a founder, and you know, I'm 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 really uh, glad, and, and you know, it was one of my best decisions because uh, I really enjoy um, partnering with uh, entrepreneurs and and you know, helping them to find the the best version of themselves. Because I'm not changing the, the, the basic qualities of, of the entrepreneur. They, they come to me ready-made from their families and homes and whatever life journey they've taken. Uh, but I think that through the process of working together from the early days uh, and, and figuring out, you know, what the problem or the pain points we go after and how we do that we we uh, you know i'm really able to to make an impact on on the journey and it's a lot of fun um i recently counted that i've done this zero to one run the you know the product market feed the sunrise process more than 35 times um uh, it's an unbelievable number, 
and you know each time I'm, I'm I'm diving into a new sunrise process I, I, I still need to to gather a, a lot of energy and a lot of focus and and because it's it's a very very um, uh, difficult process it it's a process where you're facing all the challenges of the venture that you're going to in, in a typical cadence you're going to face in the next three years you're going to face all those challenges within several months and and you have to solve it you know when you ask yourself all the hard questions you know if a prospect didn't want to take a meeting why didn't why didn't they want to to take a meeting if they took a meeting and didn't want to take the product to technical evaluation why didn't they want to take the product to technical evaluation if they took it to technical evaluation and we didn't win uh, the business why did it happen if we if they want to buy the product but didn't uh, agree to to the price uh, we ask why did it happen so we ask ourselves all those hard questions before we even have uh, a product and so in a way we we take all the objections all the challenges that you would meet uh, in your venture in, in your in the next Three or four years, and condense those all those challenges into into six months, um, and it's it's you know emotionally, it's it's a very very difficult process to go through. Um, on the other hand, once you complete uh, it, you are in such a better place. To, to really build um, a fast-growing, successful business. And, you know, every time I do that, it's, it's a fascinating process uh, to execute. And by, by going through that process 35 times, you're immersing yourself again and again in the, the nature of threats today, the areas that need to be solved, the, the pain points, as you've described it several times. Talk a bit about some of the recent conclusions you have. Again, you've got this remarkable broad sweep of history relative to the broad topic of cybersecurity. You've started businesses and invested businesses in almost all of the lanes um, relevant to the topic. Uh, talk about where we stand. I forgive a broad question, but but presumably the areas you'll focus on will be the ones that rise to the top of your mind um, currently in terms of, uh, you know, where where company, what companies need to be aware of, uh, where you're seeing the primary pain and its evolution, um, especially given some of the dynamism of, of all that we've experienced in the past several years. What, what are some things that come to mind? That's one of the questions I hate the most. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's such a, you know, in cybersecurity, it's such a, and I'm being asked that question often. Um, it's such a, the answer is such, is so temporal. Because um, cybersecurity is never a business by itself. 
it's uh, always uh, derived from change. A change in a business or a change in technology uh, or maybe a change in you know consumption. So if there's a new business like cloud is new or autonomous vehicles are new, you know, you'd need cloud security and autonomous vehicle security. And, and if, um, you know, technology changes and you've got uh, artificial generative AI, you probably need generative AI security. So uh, that's one of the, in my view, that's one of the best uh, things uh, investing in cybersecurity because you, you always have to be up to date about, you know, any significant change in business and technology. And in many respects, uh, you know, I feel that that's what keeps me young, uh, that, you know, I always have to be um, up to date with that and think about how that new trend, how that new technology um, is impacting uh, the um, security layer of organizations. And, and there's always an impact. Um, you know, take for instance, uh, in, in the past um, 12 months, we, 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 you know, organizations are, are under um, more and more pressure to save costs to be efficient, you know, budgets are, are being frozen or, or, or cut. So, you know, the immediate impact on cybersecurity is the need in better automation, uh, to, to save costs, to streamline process. So you can, you know, consolidate a, a, a process that you can, um, you know, save uh, on labor. So those are the things that really connect, you know, real world uh, um, trends and real world uh, changes uh, and, and the cybersecurity um, arena. Um, so today, um, Definitely, Gen AI is an important trend. Uh, automation uh, for cost saving and to um, compensate the shortage in expertise in cybersecurity. So automation is is important. I think the real beauty in cybersecurity is is that it's it's always changing. The threat landscape is changing, the threat vector is changing, and that's what's driving innovation um, around us. Very interesting. And so let, let's take a couple of those that you mentioned, Gen AI and automation and the dynamics behind those that would uh, lead to the necessity for new ways of thinking about cybersecurity. Are you now in the seeking process for entrepreneurs who... Uh, who are addressing those points, um, you know, as you network and as you hear pitches, are those kind of the themes you're hoping will be coming up as you recognize that these are waves that are building 
Um, um, you know, I realize, of course, it's not as though, you know, you, you can say topic, let's take topic X and let's find, or maybe you can and find, uh, you know, 15 or 20 entrepreneurs that are focused on this space and then pluck the one that has the best ideas associated with it. But how, how do you take what, whether you want to specifically cover those or more generally to talk about the connection point between a trend and an entrepreneur? How, how does that seeking process work for you? I would say almost the opposite. You know, I, I think that once you start to follow trends, in my view, that's the slippery slope. And, you know, I take a, as a I shared earlier, I'm taking a different approach. I'm, I'm looking for the best talent. I'm looking for the best entrepreneurs. And if they decide to, you know, go after Gen AI security, wonderful, you know, let's run a process with, with customers and figure out, you know, what's the real pain point there. But, you know, the way I look for new investments, the, like, the way I look at, uh, at uh, new teams is that I, I always look for the best talent. And the answer of to, to, okay, so we are here, we are funded, you know, the money is in the bank, you know, what should we do with it? That answer is not uh, with Gilly or, or Cyberstarts, the an answer is always with the customers. It's, it's always with the market. So, and, and I've seen, I've seen entrepreneurs that chase big pain points because they care about them. I've seen entrepreneurs chase big problems because uh, they have experience dealing with them. So they feel that they have uh, an unfair advantage in a certain domain. Um, I've seen uh, entrepreneurs chasing big, big problems because they believe those are part of trends that would change the world. But I may surprise you, the question I love to ask the most when I go with entrepreneurs and speak with potential customers is not what's your most important pain point. And it's not, you know, what's the biggest trends that are important to you. The question I love the most is which vendor of yours today you hate the most? Because I find hate a very powerful emotion. And if a customer hates a vendor because you know they are not servicing them well they are not priced correctly whatever the reason is they'll they'll help you win that business and if they hate one of the largest providers for cyber security you know, that's a wonderful area to really deep dive and explore. Um, but, but there are many ways to decide that you want to go after uh, any, any area or pain point in cybersecurity. And, and I don't think that is uh, one correct way to go about it. There's always 
uh, a correct process to really figure out what's the real pain point there and how I solve it in a way that would be delightful to my customers. Yeah, very, very interesting. I, I appreciate you sharing that. Are there any other, as you've you've mentioned uh, at several points through the conversation, the sanctity of of, of investing in people uh, first and foremost? Are there any other characteristics you have not mentioned that you you look for uh, in determining that somebody is a great person, great entrepreneur to invest in? Um, uh, what, what what else uh, comes to mind? You know, my my view is that the entrepreneurial journey is is very difficult. Uh, so I'm not necessarily looking for the entrepreneur, the founder who has been the best student or the best officer or you know the one that got straight A. Uh, and I'm not I'm not looking for you know people who are straight lines. I'm looking for individuals who had experienced some real hardships, some real difficulties, you know, and 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 getting B minus in physics is is not real life difficulty. I'm looking for people who have experienced real difficulties um, and managed to to overcome and and really become successful, although they had those difficulties in life. I think that those individuals are better prepared than others to successfully deal with whatever lies ahead in their uh, entrepreneurial uh, journey. That's very, very interesting. I, I appreciate you you sharing that as well. I also wanted to ask you, you have chosen a space that is um, in many ways about staving off the actions of bad actors. And I wonder how do you keep from becoming cynical uh, or depressed, perhaps, in uh, in focusing in those ways. You 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 have reason to think about negative actions by negative actors uh, on a daily basis. Uh, no doubt, of course, you take great satisfaction on providing the counterpoint to that and the move that will save a company, um, save individuals and their their wherewithal. Uh, but nevertheless, the milieu is one that um you know it, it, one might argue begins with negativity uh and i wonder you know how do you how do you rise above that personally to to make sure that it's not something that that uh impacts your psyche to to great a degree um it's a terrific question um you know naturally i, I never felt that way uh always you know i, I believe that working with younger entrepreneurs on building amazing teams is one of the best um, life experiences uh, I could wish anyone to, to have. And uh, I, I feel that, that what keeps me um, focused on 
adding value and creativity. And in my view, it's a, it's a highly emotionally rewarding uh, way of life. And, and I think that dealing with uh, uh, bad actors and their malicious attempts, you know, just is just the fury, just what keeps me doing what I'm doing. And it's part of the mission I took upon myself. Can I also ask you, um, you also operate in a country that has become remarkable from an entrepreneurship perspective. The percentage of the populace that goes into uh, starting companies is, is really um, something. What's your own diagnosis of that? Why is there such a risk tolerance, uh, a, a drive as you, as you clearly have uh, to start new things, to, to, to take risks, uh, to, to dream big, um, are there aspects of, of uh, you know, living where you live uh, and and the makeup of, of society that is particularly suitable for that in your in your diagnosis? Uh, I think first of all, Israel is indeed a, a wonderful place for uh, innovation, specifically in cybersecurity, but also outside of cybersecurity. Uh, for cybersecurity. Um, you know, cybersecurity is a necessity in, in Israel. You know, you, you, it's hard to survive uh, uh, in the Middle East uh, without strong cybersecurity programs. So I think that, you know, once you deal with cybersecurity as a way of surviving, really surviving, um, you know, you have to become very good at it, uh, one, and because it's done by relatively young people, because uh, that's, you know, the, you know, the population of the uh, different intelligence forces and different agencies uh, in Israel, um, you're making mistakes. And you have to accept mistakes as part of the business. So, um, and and I think the last element that um, makes Israel such a terrific uh, hotbed for innovation is um, concentration of talent. You know, you've got amazing talent in the U.S. and Europe. But in Israel, mostly 95% of it is virtually in, in a single city, in Tel Aviv. So you've got all that talent, you know, sitting in 25 to 30 buildings in the heart of Tel Aviv. You know, that makes information flow, that makes ideation, that makes, you know, knowledge exchange significantly, significantly more efficient uh, than any other alternative I know. So the necessity, the young age or demography and the local geography that put all that talent in, in, a, in a tiny uh, place, uh, you know, just accelerates uh, the pace of innovation 
uh, and makes it such a wonderful place um, as it is today. Well, Gilly Renan, thank you so much for a, a fascinating conversation, uh, a fascinating journey that you've had from entrepreneur to investor, uh, your insights as to how you pick the, the, the companies that you invest in, but also how you draw upon your own experience, um, your successes and your tough, uh, tough learnings along the way and uh, applying that to, to entrepreneurs who are following in your footsteps. Uh, it's, it's been uh, terrific to, to speak with you today and appreciate you sharing your story. Peter, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much.